Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Could cricket be played in the 2024 Olympics? The sport and the summer games are both multi-billion dollar enterprises. But they've only once been united, and that did neither any favours. Now cricket modernisers argue that the sport's survival depends on inclusion in the games, says Mirid Ahmed. The International Olympic Committee would back the move, which it believes would expand interest in the games in Southeast Asia. But Mirid finds that India whose cricket board is the sport's most powerful voice, has concerns. The first and last time that cricket was played at the Olympics was a farce. Pierre de Corbetin, the founder of the modern Olympic movement, enjoyed descriptions of the sport in Tom Brown's school days, so pushed for its inclusion in the 1900 Paris Games. After the Netherlands and Belgium withdrew from the competition, a final between Great Britain and France took place by default. Consistent with the amateurism of the day, the away team consisted of a club side from Somerset. The French team was made up of English expats. Britain won. Cricket and the Olympics then went their separate ways and blossomed. The Summer Games has been a quadrennial spectacular that has taken place on five continents and is watched by billions worldwide. Its grip on public attention, however, is strongest in nations once part of the British Empire. Only 10 countries are deemed fit to play the elite test version of the game where matches can last five days and still end in a draw. The Olympics and cricket have become multi-billion dollar enterprises through TV broadcast rights, sponsorship and ticketing. Those commercial imperatives are now pushing for a rapprochement that would see the sport rejoin the greatest show on earth. David Richardson, the chief executive of the International Cricket Council, the sport's governing body, said recently that the time is right to apply to enter the Games in 2024. The International Olympic Committee, the Games organisers, would welcome such a move. Michael Payne, a former marketing head at the IOC, says the one geographical region that the Olympics is not delivering upon is the subcontinent of India, Pakistan, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka, and that is one-sixth of the world's population. Put cricket on and you solve that overnight. The calculation is clear. By generating interest in South Asia, the IOC would hope to increase the value of broadcasting rights and sponsorship deals for the Games, which add up to $5.6 billion in revenues in the four years up to last summer's Rio Games. But with potential host cities withdrawing their bids due to the cost of staging the Games, some in cricket fear that the sport is only being pursued because of the IOC's desperate search for new sources of revenue. The idea divides cricket. Traditionalists, like national and local administrators that have ruled over the sport for decades, see little appeal in changing the global cricket calendar and surrendering power to Olympic officials. But modernisers believe entry to the Games is crucial to efforts to globalise the sport, allowing it to reach into new countries such as the US and China. 
At the moment, it remains largely dependent on income from its three largest markets, India, England and Australia. Kevin Peterson, the former England captain, says more exposure makes a sport more commercially viable. Any sport would appreciate and benefit from more exposure and the players would no doubt see the rewards of that. Internal politics may yet scupper a bid. India's cricket board, considered the most powerful voice in the world game, is yet to give its consent. But there is a growing sense that India, which has only won nine Olympic gold medals and eight of those were in hockey, may jump at the opportunity an Olympic medal can provide, a jolt of national pride and an enhanced global image. Cricket will need to move fast. IOC officials say the best hope of any new sport entering the Games comes in September at a meeting in the Peruvian capital of Lima where members will vote on a host for the 2024 Olympics. Sports can be approved at a later stage, but that possibility dwindles over time. Not all are convinced that inclusion in the Games would guarantee global success. Stefan Szymanski, a sports industry academic at the University of Michigan, says, Look at softball and baseball. They got into the Olympics decades ago and just went nowhere. In cricket's case, you're trying to rebrand a sport that's been around for decades. That's difficult. I'm not so sure it will work. Cricket is in the midst of a reinvention. Any Olympic tournament would feature the 2020 version of the sport, a shorter form launched in 2003 to appeal to a new, younger audience. The bite-sized matches are made to be consumed on TV, requiring less attention than test cricket or one-day matches. Other sports, from American football to NBA basketball, are also in the process of speeding up, concerned that they are failing to hook impatient millennials. But it is 2020's commercial success, rather than its format, that may prove a greater attraction for the IOC. The Indian Premier League, a 2020 competition founded in 2008, has become a money spinner. According to Indian media reports, it pulled in revenues of $378.8 million in 2016, largely through broadcast and sponsorship deals. The 60 matches attracted more than 1 billion viewers, according to Broadcast Audience Research Council, India's TV ratings agency. Australia has launched its own version, the Big Bash League, while England's cricket authorities have a plan to launch a 2020 tournament in the year 2020 to generate new revenue streams. Star players in the IPL, subject to bidding wars between teams, can earn huge sums. The batsman Virat Kohli reportedly made $1.9 million with the Royal Challengers Bangalore last year, earning more from appearing in the two-month tournament than from his role as captain of the Indian national team. He also earns millions of dollars from endorsing the likes of Puma and Pepsi. Still, the sums made by cricketers are small relative to other sports. None of them appear in the Forbes list of the top 100 highest paid athletes, which is topped by the Real Madrid and Portugal footballer Cristiano Ronaldo, who earned $88 million in 2016. Believing the Olympics will help grow their personal brand, cricketers are willing to overlook concerns that packing another tournament into the international calendar risks burnout. Mr Peterson, who has played in both the IPL and the Big Bash, says, Yes, the schedule's busy right now, and in many ways too busy, but, put simply, the sport needs growing. Participation figures are down globally, viewing figures are down, cricket needs something new and an influx of new fans. James Sutherland, Chief Executive of Cricket Australia, says the Olympics can provide a path to an unlikely expansion. He says, 
You do need the game to be growing in markets that can provide economic returns for it and where that can be invested back into the game. The two primary markets, the US and China, are close to the top of the list. He insists the idea of cricket gaining appeal in the world's two largest economies, which have shown little interest in the sport, is not fanciful and argues that greater money and participation flows from being an Olympic sport. Olympic bosses also look approvingly on cricket's attempts to promote the women's game. In Australia, players like Elise Perry are among the country's best-known sportswomen. Kit McConnell, the IOC sports director, says, We would be looking for a men's and women's competition. Gender equality is very important to us. But for the IOC to accept any proposal, it demands unanimity of support from within the sport's governing body. In the past, this has proved impossible. Two years ago, Giles Clark, president of the English Cricket Board, described applying for entry to the Olympics as a complete non-starter, arguing that it would interrupt the domestic season and block a number of international matches costing $160 million. Others in English cricket have grown more open to the idea. Tom Harrison, the ECB's chief executive, says the concerns about the impact of an Olympics are real. If they can be managed with enough foresight and enough work around the details, the chance to get into new areas of the world is compelling. Much will depend on the stance taken by India. For years, the Board of Control for Cricket in India has blocked any attempt to apply to enter the Games. Several people close to the organisation say its reluctance has been due to fears of a loss of control, domestic and international, over the sport. The BCCI did not respond to requests for comment, but after discussions on Wednesday, the ICC said the BCCI had committed to reconsidering the matter in the near future in a sign of softening opposition. India's importance cannot be overestimated. Between 2015 and 2023, the BCCI is set to receive up to $260 million as its share of the ICC's expected gross revenues of $2.5 billion. The figure is at least double that of any other national board, reflecting the importance of deals made with Indian broadcasters and sponsors. Optimists believe that the Indian concerns can be resolved. They say some of the opponents to an Olympics bid are among those being purged from the BCCI as part of a power struggle. India's Supreme Court has removed some of the most senior officials at the organisation in recent months over their resistance to court-ordered reforms in response to allegations of corruption. One person with knowledge of the ICC's deliberations with India says, The feeling internally is that the reasons for opposition are not insurmountable. Other influential figures within Indian cricket are believed to be Olympic converts. Sachin Tendulkar, widely considered India's finest batsman, attended the Rio Games last year to watch the Rugby Sevens tournament. Brett Gosper, chief executive of World Rugby, says it was not innocent that he was out there. A second potential power broker is Nita Ambani, part of India's richest family, her husband, Mukesh Ambani, is chairman and the largest shareholder in petrochemicals group Reliance Industries. She became a member of the IOC last year and is a co-owner of the Mumbai Indians cricket team. Another factor weighing on Indian officials is the embarrassment about the country's poor Olympic showing. India, with a population of 1.2 billion, sent 117 athletes to Rio, its largest ever squad, and won two medals, neither gold. Prime Minister Narendra Modi has suggested the country wants a bigger role on the world stage. 
Ayers Memon, an influential sports columnist, argues that Olympic medals would help that. He says, India wants to flex its muscles in a soft power situation. That seems pretty much in the minds of young Indians. Let's go and prove ourselves. But, he also warns, Indian cricket needs to be reassured that their position as the biggest force in the game has not diminished. Without that, Britain's 117-year reign as Olympic cricket champions may continue indefinitely.